All right, it's November 29th, which means it's time for the Daily Spinner Rack. I'm Dan, regular host of the Comic Book Pit Podcast, here to talk about a random comic book. Today's pick is Captain Adam, number 84. So full disclosure, I was out of town last week with no access to my regular comic collection, so I was randomly picking books from the Marvel and DC comic services that I subscribe to. So this issue, like I said, Captain Adam number 84, was published January 1967 from Charlton Comics, which was eventually purchased by DC Comics, which is how it ended up in the DC comic book app. Cover price of 12 cents with 36 pages. This issue is titled After the Fall, A New Beginning, written by David Kaler, pencils by Steve Ditko, inks by Rocky Mastroserio, lettered by Herb Field, and edited by Dick Giordano. Picking up where the last issue left off, the evil Professor Costi takes the depowered Captain Adam to his secret mountain lair. Restraining Captain Adam, Costi breaks into worldwide television signals and unmasks the hero on the air. He then demands a a $10 million ransom for Cap, whom he does not recognize as Air Force Officer Alan Adam because of Captain Adam's white hair. We see that the public is split on the issue, with some saying that Captain Adam isn't worth the $10 million. The government decides to pay anyway, saying that Project Rebirth is worth the cost. And the folks running this Project Rebirth say that the formula is ready and they're just waiting for Captain Adam's return. Costi has locked the depowered Captain Adam in a cell, but Cap discovers after a little while that his powers are slowly starting to return, mostly his strength. So he throws open the cell and he fiddles with the lock so his captors think that he just picked it and is still powerless. So he takes off, and but he doesn't get far before he's set upon by iron arms. <laughs> he's basically a bald guy with a, he's wearing a power pack and like metal arms. Captain Adam plays weak, and iron arms subdues, subdues him and returns him to his captors. Costi locks Cap in a cage suspended over a pit before leaving with iron arms. Cap escapes down the pit to the water below, although he literally doesn't know what's at the bottom of the pit. He just jumps out of the cage down. It could be jagged rocks at the bottom, and he wouldn't know. And then he gets into water at the bottom of the pit, but he doesn't know that it goes anywhere. It could just be filled with water, and he could be stuck down there. Oh, logic. Fortunately, he can swim through the underground waterway, and he surfaces at a nearby lake. He's able to fly away and returns to his base. Once he gets there, an Air Force officer named Gunner informs him that the ransom has been paid, not knowing that Captain Adam had freed himself. Frustrated, Captain Adam flies off to intercept the payment, but Professor Costi has already collected. He was planning to destroy the remotely operated helicopter that delivered the money, but then he learned that Captain Adam escaped and figures that he's dead at the bottom of the pit. Then they see him approach the helicopter on a monitor, and they detonate the helicopter when he gets close. Costi and Iron Arms realize that Cap has his powers again, and that he knows where they are, and will eventually come for the ransom gold. They had planned to use that gold to buy more equipment to make more power packs like the one that Iron Arms wears, so they could have an 
army of iron arms. Back at the base, Captain Adam is accosted by Abby Ladd, a plucky reporter with a Washington newspaper. Cap tells Gunner that he has no time for reporters, and Abby gives Captain Adam a tongue lashing of lifetime. Basically, she calls him out for being a big heap of failure. Harsh. (laughs) Captain Adam and Gunner retire to a lab where they've been working on a liquid metal formula. Cap hopes that he can, by using it, he can lead a normal life. Quote, I can go to the beach and not be a menace to everyone there, he thinks. Gunner says it'll be sprayed onto Cap's body. It's invisible and absolutely radiation-proof. Returning to his identity as Captain Alan Adam, A-D-A-M, he strips down to his boxers and he gets sprayed. The metal, which they just said was invisible, (laughs) comes in different colors. And then they even spray the Adam logo on his chest. Some time passes and there's no change in his radiation output. Adam figures that it's just another failure, and with his dwindling powers and bad public image, he figures he might be done being Captain Adam. Abby shows up again outside the door and continues to remind him of what a failure he is. Captain Adam decides that, failure or not, he still is going to try and bring down Professor Costi and Iron Arms and bring them to justice. When he grabs his old uniform and begins to make the change into Captain Adam, he finds that his new uniform emerges on his body. So the power that he expended to change is what charged up his new suit. He discovers with the new process that he emits no radiation, even when he switches back to his regular clothes. He's so excited, he kisses Abby for prompting him to make the change, which angers her even more. Like, she really hates Captain Adam. No idea why. I guess this is his version of J. Jonah Jameson. Captain Adam then heads back to Costi's secret mountain lair base. He starts beating bad guys left and right. He knocks Iron Arms down with one punch, but then Professor Costi uses a special power-draining weapon on Captain Adam, who destroys it but suffers a great loss of power as a result. Iron Arm takes advantage of this and begins pummeling Captain Adam with his Iron Arms. They... The two fight to a near standstill before Captain Adam, severely weakened, gets in one last good punch that puts old Iron Arms down for good. With all the bad guys knocked out cold, and this includes Professor Costi, who was knocked out when Captain Adam took out his power draining machine, Captain Adam radios the base to send a, an extraction team. Back in his civilian identity, finds that the public has more or less forgiven his failures after he brought in Professor Costi and Iron Arms. He sees Abby Ladd at some swanky social function, and she is still pissed at Captain Adam for all his failures and for stealing a kiss from her. She says that Captain Adam, Captain Alan Adam, is a much better man than Captain Adam. Wink. So there's also a Blue Beetle backup story, and this might be the first appearance of the Ted Cord Blue Beetle. Let's see. The script, pencils, and inks are all done by... Steve Ditko, uh, Gary Friedrich also assisted with the script, and the letters are by Herb Field. So, you know, we're seeing the adventures of the new Blue Beetle, and it looks like this is a lot of setup. It's showing off the Beetle's new lair and equipment and his overall status quo. And at this point, Ted Kor's assistant, Tracy, wasn't in on his secret identity, and she's in the office late at night probing to find out what happened to Kord on the mysterious Pago Island. 
A mass intruder is also looking for similar information, but the beetle arrives in time to clobber him and chase him off. He reveals his identity later as Count von Steuben, which means nothing to me. <laughs> I don't know if that's anybody or if they continued with that character at all. The story wraps up with the arrival of Detective Fisher, who has not come in response to the break-in, but rather because he has some pointed questions for Ted Cord about the disappearance of Dan Garrett, who was the previous Blue Beetle. So that's all for Captain Adam number 84 and for this episode of Daily Spinner Rack. Make sure to visit every day for a new review of a random back issue. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>